Okay, so we're now recording. Soon we'll have like comfy chairs though. Like we need, yeah. you know what I mean? Like with like the comfy chairs. Yeah, yeah. 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 We'll, we'll have to get. Because we'll like this, first. this whole little get up here. No, we're Do you need coming. another pillow? No, we're... Yeah. Hello, everybody. Hey, Welcome back to the show. Yeah. Do we sound professional? Because um, we have like professional uh things going on here we're now. We're professionals now. We're professionals. Oh my god, that's so great. I'm so excited. (laughs) So, um, my husband was nice enough to purchase us uh, some, like, more, like, professional... For her birthday. For my birthday. Her birthday was May 24th, if anyone wants to say a late birthday, because y'all... Yeah. Yeah, it was not a good birthday. She will accept late gifts. I will. I will accept any kind of gift that you give me for her. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So, we got a whole new setup here. Um, we got our little like buttons that do all the sorts of cool things. I really wanna um press the gunshot button. <laughs> so um yeah, so today we're gonna be covering uh the Penhurst Asylum. Yes, um I'm very excited. Now, when I originally was going to research this topic. I was like, hmm, I'm going to look up all of the haunted scenarios spooky, that went in there, the things. spooky, creepy stuff, so we can have one of our paranormal episodes. Well, uh, turns out, like, people don't um, really document that stuff for this place, even though it's known to be haunted. Yeah, like, that's like a haunted attraction. Yeah. So, yeah, like, which we will go into a little bit later. The paranormal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're like, oh, like, you hear bumps in the night. Like, just a very small description of, like, what paranormal stuff's going on like give me stories give yeah. me good it was very stories. difficult so now it just kind of turned into what was going on at penhurst so i tried to do as much detailed information about this as possible there was a lot of like picking through things it was just very crazy so uh yeah so grab your peppermint mocha lattes or, or your, your peppermint ribbon crunches or your caramel ribbon crunches or your macchiato chachios and uh yeah so let's yeah. get going. All So since we're going to say what I'm drinking, I'm drinking a homemade latte that I made with peppermint and oat milk. Mediocre. It's very good. It's I don't very make delicious. lattes. People make them for me. <sighs> okay, whatever. So we are going to discuss the Penhurst Asylum. I have a lot of good information. Um, some really messed up stuff has gone on there. And there has been a lot of controversy about what the asylum is today, which we will go into later on. So... The Penhurst Asylum 
which was built on November 23rd, 1908, and it is located in Spring City, Pennsylvania. Um, so it was originally known as Eastern Pennsylvania Institution for the Feeble-Minded and Epileptic. That's so sad that, like, they used, like, feeble-minded and, like, Yeah, so, like, going, yeah, going through this kind of, like, research, there was a lot of, like, inappropriate terms that are just not acceptable yeah, in today's when, day and age. When I was in college, um, one of my classes, we had to do research on this. Really? Yeah, because it was, like, a, it was, like, for special education. And it was yeah, so caring. not to, like, pinpoint where we are, but we are from Pennsylvania, so this was, I kind of wanted to do something that was like somewhat local. I mean, we're not like super close to Penhurst, but um, something that was local within. No, yeah. But like state. we like kind of compared like, just like looking back on like the documents of yeah. how they like described like oh my gosh, special yeah. needs. Yeah. It's like retardation, like yeah. feeble-minded, like very degrading words, which at the time like they, it was supposed to be more like scientific and like, you know. That was a professional way of talking about somebody. Yeah. But if you, you know, looked at someone and said, oh, they have mental retardation, yeah. like, that's not acceptable today. Uh, the second... Start over. Go. God, it's like you last weekend. I know. Also, I would like to formally apologize for the amount of times I said um in the last Yeah, we episode. say um a lot. I say I said um a lot in my first episode. I think I probably hit, like, a record number of me saying, like, every other sentence. I was like, um, so I'm going to try to work on that. I do apologize. Yeah, we're really going to try to work on that yeah, as because a team. We got annoyed. I yeah. Got yeah. Yeah. Like if I wasn't me, I'd be like, that's probably why, why we have like no views. Um, so, so at the time that uh, Penhurst was built, it was considered a model institute for dealing with disability. Now, people with disabilities at the time, like we were just talking about, were labeled as defective, which is disgusting to even yes. like consider somebody like say something like that. Yeah. There was just a lot of like struggles. down, down, mean, degrading, degrading words. Mm-hmm. Um, not really appropriate for no now it's a description of someone appropriate yeah like terminal so buildings were split into two separate groups one was for educational industrial purposes and the other building was just like the actual asylum so educational meaning like when they had classes uh for their patients and stuff like that as well as if they were in uh, a job that they were given that was kind of on that section where that those parts of the building would be so Penhurst was required to be able to house no fewer than 500 patients, and they had to be able to accommodate a few more, but towards the end of them closing, they were highly, highly overcrowded, which was one of the main reasons as to why the conditions were the way that they were. Yeah, overcrowding. I remember just from reading about it, like, overcrowding was, like, insane. Yeah, yeah, it was really bad. I think I might have the exact number in here. Just, like, the... the Yeah, it was, like, over... Yeah, it was almost 2,000 patients. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. So, the first building was known as Lower Campus and had rooms labeled as F, um, which was the girls' dining room. Uh, G was the kitchen and the storeroom. H, I, and K were the cottages or, like, the bedding, like, the bedrooms for the girls. And then um, N was the boys' dining room. P was the teacher's home. Q, T, U, and V were the cottages for the boys. And R was school, and then W was laundry and sewing, and X was the powerhouse. So later, when the upper campus was built, it was known as the female colony. Um, there was a lot of mentioning on making sure that the females were separated from the males. Now, I'll go into, like, a quick description later on as to why that was, but that was, like, really portrayed, like, in every single article that was always mentioned, mm-hmm. which kind of just, like, the reasoning is messed up. So, mm-hmm. 
Um, the older original buildings were two-story buildings, and they were made out of red brick, terracotta, and granite. Um, so they were pretty basic, and then they really kind of started to build on and expand um, as they started getting more patients, and things were kind of starting to get a little bit more crowded. They were trying yeah. to make as much room as possible. By the end of it, it was like a pretty, pretty big, you know, structure. Yeah, yeah. no, it is. And there was many, like, different buildings and multiple mm-hmm. different sections that were um, added on. Um, so the first patient was admitted on November 23rd, 1908. And then, like I said, the institution did quickly become overcrowded. Um, they claimed this this was due to the pressure of having to take in immigrants, orphans, and criminals. Now, sometimes in the articles they refer to them as patients, and the other times they refer to them as inmates. So I don't know if it was just... I know that they kind of mixed it all together. Like, if somebody was sentenced to go to an asylum... They were considered an inmate, but I don't know if that's how they were referring to all of them. I mean, I guess even, like, metaphorically, you could think, like, they might have been a patient, but they were, like, they were trapped in that. Yeah. You know, yeah, in that no, for sure. as if they were an inmate. Yeah. You yeah. know, so even if it isn't, like, they might say it as a literal sense, even as a metaphorical sense. If yeah. If they were inmates and prisoners. Yeah, so there was a lot of, like, back and forth on calling them inmates <laughs> and patients, so I don't really know how they, like dictated the two or if it was just meaning of the same thing Alrighty, so patients were sectioned off into categories based off of their diagnosis so there was mental um was so it was mental physical and dental dental it's just a very weird a weird way to categorize someone but that was a category so mental was imbecile or insane um physical was epileptic or healthy and then dental was good, poor, or treated teeth. So people were sent here strictly for their teeth problems, or did they have other problems? I don't. Well, I think that they. <laughs> I honestly think that they had other problems and were just based off of their teeth as well. That's like, so you could be like mentally insane, as they would say, but you had bad teeth, so they're gonna send you with other people who also have bad teeth. Yes. You might just have health problems. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <clears throat> Which there was a lot of mixing of different um, medical, mental issues, illnesses um, amongst others. There was a lot of people that were sent there that were perfectly fine. And they Mm -hmm. were placed with like people that were like mentally insane, severely. There's no way for them to get out. And it just just did not go well. So um, patients were assigned jobs when admitted and were in places in... Uh, jobs or sections such as mattress making, shoe making, and repairing, uh, grading, farming, laundry, domestic duties, sewing, baking, butchering, painting, and working in the store, which I'm assuming maybe they had like a little convenience store for mm-hmm. their patients to go, like how a jail has like well, a I mean, little... Yeah, if like, you can make money there, they yeah. have to kind of have a place for you to be able to spend that money for yeah. like essentials that you want. Yeah, pretty much like like toothpaste or like, you know, go and buy stuff like that. So in 1913, legislation appointed a commission for the care of the feeble-minded. This basically stated that the disabled and mentally ill humans of the world were too dangerous to be out in society and that they had to be separated. So Pennhurst's chief physician quoted, um, his name was Henry Goddard, which he seemed like just an all-around wonderful person. Um, by his outlook of mentally ill people, he had a very poor outlook on them. So you'll be able to tell by this statement. So he was stated as saying, every feeble-minded person is a potential criminal. The general public, although more convinced today than ever, 
before that is a good thing to segregate the idiot or discriminate the imbecile. They have not as yet been convinced as to the proper treatment of the defected delinquent, which is brighter and more dangerous individual. So he is 100% agreeing with the fact that people like the ones in Penhurst, the mentally insane, as they quoted, um, ones that had a lot of medical mental issues, because there was people in there, too, that didn't have mental issues. They had, like, medical physical. issues, physical, yeah. um, you know, like, being bound to a wheelchair or, you know, just things like that. Yeah, or like anything could could get you in here yeah yeah pretty much so he's just pretty much saying you know they are totally have a hundred percent potential of being a criminal they cannot be with the public they cannot function as a normal human of society so can i just add is a shitty thing to say yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty shitty so in 1913 the institution decided that it was a better idea to expand the institution by making cottages for women uh the reason that they wanted to make separate cottages for the women and it seemed like this was the sole reason was because they wanted to decrease the chances of pregnancy. So I am 100% certain that there is probably a lot of, um, uh, you know, possibly rape or even sexual assaults going mm-hmm. on um, by not only other patients, but I'm sure the employees as well. So I'm just going to put that out there. That's just my opinion. But. Well, no, I mean, you got to think like even like i'm sure most definitely employees but you if you're trapped in there for so long like people have you know the like the desire like that doesn't just go away yeah yeah. and you know there's most definitely like instances of rape and assault and you know that kind of stuff in there and unfortunately they're seeing it as they don't want them to produce like other feeble-minded people yeah which is even worse because that's because that doesn't necessarily mean that because somebody that has a mental disability that it will necessarily transfer onto a child i mean there's a lot of disabilities that are not like inheritable yeah you know and there's a rare chance that they are you know it's a small chance that they will be inherited yeah yeah. from you know parents yeah child Mm -hmm. so in 1968 penhurst was exposed by anchor bill baldini um, this was, like, one of the uh, undercover and most well-known uh, television series. Uh, he did a five-part television series on Penhurst called Suffer the Little Children. Um, this was broadcasted on WCAU-TV. So, Bill Baldini uh, was quoted saying, uh, And we start shooting, and my crew was mortified. I mean, I had trouble keeping them on the job because they were literally getting sick from what they saw. So, that tells me it's pretty bad yeah that's a lot (laughs) i've seen like clips and video like parts of the videos uh like from the series that they posted Mm it's it's a lot like it's a lot to take in oh yeah so in 1981 time magazine posted an article saying that the place had a history of being understaffed dirty and violent okay it's a little preface there's a child in the room now so if you hear a small child She's in her rocking chair. She just ate. She's fine. <laughs> She's fine. Okay. okay. So in 1983, nine staff members were charged with slapping and beating patients and also arranging patients to assault each other. That's so disgusting. They, it was like a fight club. That's disgusting. So I didn't do too much research into the Halderman case, but this was one of the like main reasons that the Penhurst Asylum finally closed and was so 
broadly casted amongst news articles and stations and stuff like that. Um, so they finally closed the institution on December 9th, 1987. As it should be. Yes. So all 1,500 plus patients living in the asylum were sent off to assisted living homes in order to hopefully be properly taken care of. Um, now, just kind of like a little side note, uh, the American Horror Story uh, series, The Asylum, oh was actually inspired. Did you watch that? I did. It was crazy. Crazy. Yeah. I, I don't think I made it through the whole series. Me and Eric watched that, and I had nightmares for like yeah. two weeks. Oh, it's bad. It's really bad. There was a well-known doctor that worked at this asylum, and man, was he an asshole. I don't think I've heard about this guy. So, his name was literally Dr. Jesse G. Fear. He went by Dr. Fear. I would simply... No. Yeah. I would just... If I was in an asylum and my uh, my doctor's name was Dr. Fear, I'd be like, yeah, you can just... Take, you can just... Take me out now. Take me out now. <laughs> take me out back. <laughs> so, he held a long history of misconduct on his patients and he has admitted to using punishment on patients as a form of treatment yeah so he would uh give injections to patients that would misbehave that were incredibly painful but he claimed that that never harmed the patient uh one form of punishment he inflicted was removing his patient's teeth if they were considered a biter he would also place which i mentioned earlier he would also place patients with normal intellect among severe mentally challenged patients, which often cause quote-unquote normal intellect patients to go insane and would sometimes even isolate people for extreme periods of time. He did die in 2001. So, amen, hallelujah Good. to that. So, sorry to all the lovers out there, which I hope there are none. But we you know, know there's shit. some kind of like messed up freak who likes yeah. them. Yeah, probably. So, uh, children... Uh, slept in metal cages and they often slept in their own feces for days uh, patients were left naked and tied to beds including children's aging from six months to five years old okay so i did find a web page called the penthurst memorial and preservation alliance uh so basically this like had a lot of information about penthurst asylum um the background of it like what happened there and there was also like a i don't like a thread of stories of people that had relatives that lived there like their stories or people that you know went there as a small child or had family members that worked at Penhurst. and I picked like two stories that I thought were kind of impressionable I guess you could say mm-hmm. um, and kind of really like gave you a little bit of insight of like what it was kind of day to day there so um, this one I don't know if, I mean, they put it online, but I don't really know if they want me to say, like, their name. So, we'll just go by the first name. Her name was Jane. This is the person that submitted the post. So, she said, back in the late 1980s, I got to know a lovely lady named Jane Smith. Jane had been released from Penthurst to live in a group home in Downingtown, which was a home to eight ladies who had come from various environments. All were considered to be in the vernacular of the time. Mentally retarded. So that's what they were considered as at the time. That was the term that they used. Mm -hmm. So all of the ladies were pretty bright, 
really. Uh, she said Jane was interesting per her telling. She and her younger brother had been dropped off at Penhurst as children wearing very nice clothing. Their parents were no longer able to care for them. Jane never learned to read or write at Penhurst, but had a very fond memories of her life there. She was very pretty and was uh, actually warned by the female staff to stay away from the men's, as she put it. Jane was capable and worked in the nursery, actually caring for the babies who were born at Penhurst. She lost track of her brother, unfortunately. Um, she said, I do think that Jane and her brother ended up being there due to the circumstances to do with depression. Uh, she did put that Jane did miss PH, meaning Penhurst, but adjusted well. So this was kind of like, it seemed like Jane, I don't want to say had a good life at Penhurst, but, but better than most. But better than most and yeah. had, you know, a bit easier time yeah with kind of looked after a little bit more yeah so not saying that jane you know may not have had like bad circumstances it just may not have been something she remembered or you know maybe she didn't i don't really know but that was the story of jane smith so the next one um is a little bit sadder so this was submitted by a lady by the name of Catherine. um she said in 1968 the year that ball Bill Baldini did the expo on Penhurst. I worked there for one week. I missed seeing Bill and the crew. I was already gone. I was 19 years old, just out of school, and wanted to help people. It was one of the worst experiences of my life. Uh, Not because of the patients, but because of the cruelty inflicted on those poor people. I tried to help as much as I could, but I was not prepared for the sights that I encountered. I cried every night. I went home. After I was injured by a patient, he didn't mean to harm me. My doctor and my husband persuaded me to quit. Before I left, I was asked by the staff if I saw anything done by the other aides that was harmful to patients. I told them that I did numerous times. These patients were at the mercy or lack of people who had no business being employed to take care of them. Yes, it was challenging for sure, but all they wanted was some loving kindness. The treatment was deplorable. I reported it as such. At 69 now, I never forget. So, I mean, that was kind of more the darker aspects yeah, of she, things. She was a young 19-year-old wanting yeah. to actually go and help people, yeah. and they just completely destroyed that vision for her. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's just, ugh, yeah. I, I don't even think I could imagine that. No. So, this is kind of where we start getting into the conflict of what Penthurst is now. So, Penhurst is currently now more known for its large haunted house attraction, which was actually purchased by a na- um, man by the name of Richard Chachajan. K- K- I don't know how to say his last <laughs> name, so we're just going to call him Richard. Um, this has caused an outrage for many people, saying that it is re- disrespectful to all those who suffered and endured the harsh living conditions. This guy purchased Penhurst, I think, back in 2010, um, and there was a propitiation. Uh, a profession guy. A profession. So this uh, Richard had purchased Penhurst back in 2010, I believe, and there was actually a petition going on to change it to a memorial instead of a haunted house attraction. Which, so like, it, I was like thinking about this, like you know, we grew up knowing about the haunted house at Penhurst and like all that kind of stuff, and I never like it's not that I didn't realize that there was like bad things that went on there but i never realized like how actually disrespectful it is that it is a haunted house attraction well, yeah because you gotta i mean i think a petition to not 
They didn't petition to just shut it down and forget about it. They petitioned it to be memorialized, yeah. which is a lot. It has a deeper meaning. It's much more sympathetic and respectful towards those who Yeah, I just suffering. never, like, realized, like, when I was younger, I didn't, like, see it as much of anything, really. I mean, I've never gone there, but I never realized, like, yeah, that like that is really, like, messed up, you know? Yeah. And it's just... I mean, especially, like, around, like, if you live in Pennsylvania, like, everyone you know for halloween they're like oh we want to go to the penthurst yeah, asylum like yeah. that's such a big like topic for people like that's like a big thing to do yes. for halloween and like the spooky months yeah that like a lot of people don't really like most people don't do research and understand and grasp how like horrible and mistreated these people yes were. Like, yeah i don't I, I don't think that they're really taking that into consideration and i'll kind of go into more detail of that since it is a haunted house, um, people have claimed to feel chills, hear screams, and even voices asking for help, including seeing shadows. So Richard, uh, the owner, had stated in a news article posted by NPR, um, he said, we went well out of our way to make sure that this event doesn't mock or mimic any of the handicapped. Uh, Richard also says, and I believe that the public that comes through here know the distinction and the difference between making fun of something and a Halloween event. So the thing I had an issue with this statement is he only specifically said handicapped. So that doesn't necessarily go under mental, like, I don't know. I, when yeah. I think handicapped, I think, like, people in wheelchairs yeah, or people I mean, that but, have physical, like, issues with yeah. them, you know? I like, mean, you think of it, too, like, some people who, like, have handicapped parking, it's not always a physical disability. Sometimes it is, like, a mental disability. And not everyone, like, thinks of handicapped as mental and Yeah, physical, and I'm pretty sure the whole idea or the theme of the haunted house is an asylum, isn't it? Like, I don't know. There's crazy there. people. Like, there's, like, there's mental patients going around. Like, I don't understand how he's going to say that doesn't mock or mimic any of those things when it definitely freaking does. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I didn't realize, like, how, like, actually outrage this makes me because it is pretty messed up, the fact that, that somebody purchased this and made it into a haunted attraction. And, you know, you can't say, like, oh, he's not using what happened there as a way of a selling point. Because, oh, no, I mean, is. like, he obviously is. Yeah. You know, whether he is supposedly doing that on purpose or not, I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, you may ask yourself, which I ask myself, why do people want to go see a haunted house attraction in a place where, you know, such horrors took place? So NPR did interview some of the first vid visitors uh, when the attraction first opened. Uh, so a man by the name of Scott Plower, age 19, at the time stated, a lot of people believe the spirits of the people who have suffered and died in this institution are still here. A lot of people feel that way. I mean, that definitely adds to the thrill of it. Scott's Plower's friend, they also interviewed uh, this person as well. Her name was Cicely Connell or Connell. Uh, she stated her reasoning for visiting was uh, she claimed, she said, you're not in the actual area where it all went down. I think that's a little bit sadder and should be left like that. Also stating that if the attraction was located in the exact spots that the patients live, that she most likely would not have gone. So where is the attraction at if it's not where they live? Is well, it like it's a like in the part? main building. Okay. I think it's like almost maybe one of the first buildings that they built. But that doesn't mean, like, bad things didn't happen there. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, playing, you know, devil's advocate, I think people also look at it as, like, you look at other, like, um, areas where, like, people were murdered or, like, a, like a very malicious crime happened. Like, people visit that on 
you know, around those months to get that thrill, to get that, you know, Yeah, I mean, you look at, like, feeling. Salem. Yeah, so, like, the witch you know, trials. witch trials, yeah. like, that, you know, even though it was, like, a lot longer ago, and, you know, people, it's easier to kind of brush off as, oh, that's a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, you know, people still died. People were still, innocent people were still murdered. Yeah. So, I guess you can kind of see as people just wanting to go there to experience, to get maybe the thrill of it, to see, you know, maybe something will happen. Maybe I will feel a spiritual connection with something. See, but the thing is, is when you go to Salem, I feel like there's not mockingness going on around there or imitations no, I feel of like the it's situation. More it's more historical things. Yeah. yeah, like for sure. But this, I'm like 99% sure that the whole um, theme of it is like mental people. I wonder if there's any videos on the internet of like, on like YouTube, of like people going through. Yeah, there has to be. I didn't think to look at that, I don't know but if maybe like you aren't allowed to record in there or something. But we should definitely see. I feel like maybe we should go on and see if there's any like videos of people touring through there. Like, see if it feels like, or if anybody who's listening has like gone and done the tour. Does it feel like they're mocking them, or does it feel like a more historical site where you know? it's still there for that thrill but it's not in a mocking kind of way yeah i just i don't know how you can't be almost like mocking i don't think mocking's the right word but just like almost desensitizing like what went on there yeah and it's just like i don't know because like i said i never realized like how actually messed up it is to have turned this into a haunted attraction and i know that there's a lot of people that feel the same way and I know that there's a lot of people that feel like Sicily and what is his name? Sean Scott. Scott, you know, that, you know, people are there for the thrill of possibly seeing spirits of the people that were there that have yeah. died there. But, you know, and like I do remember like watching a television series of uh, paranormal investigations and mediums going into there and just mm-hmm. sensing that dark, dark feeling it's just like i don't understand how you can say that you're being sensitive to the subject when you're literally making a haunted house out of it like it's yeah. it's not like you're walking through and they're reenacting yeah, it's not like a ghost tour kind of thing yeah. it's more of just like oh like let me go in to get to get scared, scared the shit out of it. yeah like I, I don't know so yeah. that's just my opinion on it um but yeah so that was the story of the Penthurst Asylum. That was uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you guys could just maybe like tell us your thoughts on it, like, do you think that it should be a haunted house? Would you sign a petition to make it a memorial? Like, what do you think? Because I mean, I'm on the no haunted house. Yeah, I think I mean we wagon. could honestly post the petition. Yeah, I gotta see if it's still active because, like I said, this started up in 2010 when yeah. the guy first bought it. I don't so see why it wouldn't be active. Like, if it hasn't been made like a memorial yeah. yet, I'm sure there's still people to this day who are against it. Yeah, no, for sure. So, um, yeah. So we guys hope that you enjoyed the story of Ben Hurst. We guys hope. We guys, we you guys, we we all hope. We hope you guys enjoyed Kirsten's crying child in the background yeah, and her dogs. My dogs. Um, and her husband. Yeah. He probably won't hear that because we'll cut it out. But, you know, he was here. He was here. He was here and he was around. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's the story. Yeah. Of Penhurst. Thanks for tuning in once again. Yeah. Make sure you guys 
follow us on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, Facebook is Killers Crime and Coffee, a true crime podcast. Instagram is Killers Crime Coffee Pod. Yes, we also have an email, Killers Crime Coffee Pod at, at gmail um, that you guys can send us any stories that you want us to cover, or if you just want to send us an email and tell us that we suck. I mean, I don't know what you do. We'd love kind of to hear your, you know, your input. Go follow Kobe at Kobe.conrad with four D's. Yes. We also do have a website on Wix, which is Killer Crimes Coffee Pod. That will be posted in the yes. description. Yes. But please make sure. Um, we Right now, we are approved on Spotify and Amazon. Um, hopefully, we will get approved on more, more things yes, once we pay them waiting. money. Tired of paying them money. Yeah. So, we better get approved on some more stuff. Yeah. You know, because I think I think we're gonna be I think we're gonna be big. I think we're gonna be big. Big or small, I think this is enjoyable enough for us to keep doing it for a yeah, while. Yeah, we like talking to ourselves. So but yeah, so we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh stay tuned for Sierra's episode next week, which will yeah. be part two of Jack the Ripper. Yeah, we're gonna dive into some conspiracy theories about who it could have been, some suspects, all that good stuff, and I won't say um as much, I promise. Yeah, I hope I didn't say um as much on here. I tried to. Tried to say it? I tried to not say it. He was like, so, um, like, um, so, um, it's Hunter. Yeah. Um, Asylum. Asylum. Went, um, Um, yeah. So, I tried really hard. But, yeah, so we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Like I said, please rate us on Spotify. Yes, it will help Leave us reviews on wherever you can leave us reviews. We're still learning on, we're still working yeah, on we're trying to figure intros and out. outros and sounding a little bit more professional, but we don't know what the hell we're doing, and we're trying not to copy other podcasts like word for word. Yeah, we don't want to. You know, every time I think of like an outro, I love morbid. I, I freaking adore them. They're like keep it weird. I love them. Ugh. Yeah, because they go back and forth and they're like keep it weird. Yeah, that's kind of what. Ugh. That's kind of what, and that's how we drink those too. And we're yeah. trying not to follow them. Yeah, and like you know, but I just love them. Yeah, so we love you guys. If you ever, ever listen to us, we love you. If Ash and Elena are listening, I love you guys so much. I listen to every podcast. I also love Em and Christine. And and the new baby. And uh, Crime Junkie. Yes. And yes. Everyone. Ash, Ashley Flowers. And Did you Brit? hear about Brit? Wat- no, what? She had um a, a brain aneurysm or something. <gasps> oh so she's gosh. out for a little bit, but she survived. Oh, okay, good. And she went through all her brain That's surgeries. Scary. Yeah, that is oh scary. And did you listen to the new um, episode yet of Radio Rental? No, I haven't. I've been so into freaking Morbid. They did uh, New Orleans, um, like, stories, like, uh-huh. crime. It's so good. Is it? It's mm. so good. Okay, we'll have to look at those. They do these things where it's called listener tales, where listeners send in, like, their own stories. I love them. They're so good. Yeah, uh, and that's why we drink those that too. Yeah, I love them. Maybe if we ever have yeah. listeners, they'll send in their yeah. stories. <laughs> yeah, we want to know about your spooky details. Yeah, we love it. Maybe we can start a thing where we like tell our own spooky stories because we have quite oh. a few. Mine are like really short though. Yeah, like, but just like maybe have, at like... the end of a long episode or after every episode. For like hear, everyone hear a spooky story. Go ahead. Were you there? Were you living with us still when <clears throat> mom could have sworn? She saw some, like, a man standing at the bottom of the steps. No. And then she called dad out, and dad, like, ran out. 
I don't know if this was a dream, but I swear to God it wasn't a dream. Mom could have sworn at the door. She saw someone standing at the bottom at the door. And Dad, like, ran out. And he's like, whoa. But there was no one there. Also, when I was younger, I would sleep on, like, it was when Mom and Dad were out, okay? I would sleep on the couch, and it's, like, 3 in the morning. Or not probably not 3 in the morning, because they probably weren't up that long. But it was, like, freaking late at night, and I wake up, and I'm like, knocking on my stove. Like, someone just, like, and I flew the covers over my head, and I was like, please don't kill me, please don't kill me, please oh don't kill me. Oh, my God. Literally. Was I home? I think you were home. I, that was definitely when you lived with us. You Why were didn't you, like... Because I was so scared shitless. I was like, if I move, this demon is going to kill me. I feel like Mom said something about Pappy, like, doing something like that. Like, some someone told her or something. And I, uh-huh. I have to ask Mom about that, but I swear to God, she said something about, like, knock, like hearing knocking. And it was all about Pappy, and I was just like, <gasps> I heard that like years later. Oh my god! And I literally like That's no, but that, that was like, oh, I heard I've heard a lot of scary noises. Like that one time on Christmas morning, me and Dad were the only ones up. Is when I still had my room upstairs. Me and Dad were the only ones up. And we were both like I was in my room, he was in Mom and Dad's room, and we both heard like it sounded like somebody shattered glass on the floor in the kitchen. We both walk out and nothing. Dad will tell you. Dad will vouch for me. I swear to God, it was Christmas morning. I don't we both, remember him saying anything about that. We both walked out, and because we heard, we thought we heard glass shattering, like a cup or a plate fell. And we walked out, and nothing was there. Scary shit. Our house is haunted. Yeah, no. Sorry, Lexi. Is. I'm pretty sure, Mom. Which, Mom, if you listen to this, can you just like confirm this? Can you for confirm, me? please? But I'm pretty sure. So, like, okay, another another weird thing. So the shower downstairs before they renovated mm-hmm. it, it, you know how it will like not drain properly. Mm-hmm. So, I was trying to clean the drain out, and I found a fucking knife in the drain. Did you really? Yeah. Why was I not aware of this? So, I was like, Mom, like, I found a knife in the drain. And she goes, you know, like, the person that lived here before us, or something. She said something about somebody that, I don't think it was the people that lived here before us physically, but did live in that house. That lived in that house. That he actually murdered somebody. Oh, my God. Why was I not aware of this? And she knew him, or she knew of him. Mother, if you're listening to this, you better text us right now. Mom. I don't know if it was a dream, but I'm pretty sure no, it was No, I real. feel like I like half of those stories, I'm like, what if it was a dream? But I know the, the smashed glass, that was not a dream. Because that was on Christmas morning. And Dad came back for me because it was so early in the morning, we were the only ones up. Yeah. Because we're always the first ones up. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, so share your spooky stories with us on Instagram or Facebook or whatever you feel comfortable yeah, with. Yeah, you can also submit it on our website, which we'll post on there as well. Yeah. Um, there's a little form that you can submit. You can also submit um, if you want us to cover any stories Yeah. or if you want to submit your coffee orders. Um, but yeah, keep sipping. And don't get murdered. Yeah, and don't get murdered. Keep sipping and don't get murdered. I think yeah. that's those are two good things. Yeah. So stay caffeinated and don't get murdered. <laughs> Stay alive and stay caffeinated. Alrighty. Adios. Bye. Bye.